Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. All right, welcome in to your usual Sunday. You should be used to this, folks. Your Sunday game day show now going on three straight weeks of the OBR film breakdown. All eyes on Cleveland crossover. Got my man here, Brad Ward, with me tonight. We're recording a little late. Apologies. Went saw the new Bond movie. Things happened. It turned into a three-hour movie. Didn't expect it, Brad, but we're here, brother. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing excellent. I'm fired up for this game. This is this should be a dandy. Uh, been uh, looking forward to it all week, you know, talking to it to numerous people and getting different takes on it but uh this is a, an elite afc showdown you know it really is this is uh you know we got probably four of the best teams in the afc facing off this weekend should be fun should be a ton of fun and the, you're right these are teams that are playoff bound if the chargers and browns don't end up making the playoffs uh, i think we'll all be pretty surprised some basics of this game it is an indoor game so i'm not going to waste your time with weather Unless, I guess, we have lightning, Brad. We saw that on Monday Night Football. Sort of right? indoor, right? Too. Sort yeah, of it's indoor. A, it's like a, yeah. a, a aluminum tarp, I guess, that sits right. on top yeah. of this thing. Yeah. Uh, I, think that, I think they taught us everything about that. We didn't We didn't totally know. Uh, so no. it is a West Coast trip for Cleveland. You know, that part sucks, but the Chargers are also coming off of a late week, right? Monday Night Football, so they get short prep. So that, in my opinion, has some balancing effect here. It's a two and a half point as a, as I'm looking at this could have moved. Who knows? Two and a half points that the Browns are getting. So the Chargers are laying two and a half, which to me tells me that the the lines makers in this breath think Cleveland is a half point better on a neutral field. Do you feel like yeah. that line is right or do you feel like it should be moved, especially considering the left tackle news that we know about now? Yeah, uh, I think that's about right. I mean, so that tells you neutral field, it would be pretty much a pick em, mm-hmm. uh, pretty close to it. I, I like that. I think that's okay. I do, too. I do, too. I don't know if that line – I don't know if this is updated post-Jedrick Wills missing the game and Hudson or Blake Hance, like, do your uh, – your, 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 whatever your symbol is for – uh, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, whatever you want to do there. They need they need really good play out of somebody there. I don't know how they're going to do it. It'll be a popular thing for people to pay attention to. What are they doing to help out those two? Because neither of them are very good left tackles in the current state of things. It is a huge concern. But how concerned are you about the left tackle situation, considering what we're going to talk about in a minute, which is Baker's uh, situation with the shoulder? Yeah, man, I'm obviously very concerned. Um, you know, well, Will's being out there, it, it was pretty obvious when we saw Hudson last week that the reason Wills was out there is him at 70% was the best-case scenario, right? I mean, even though he was hurt and immobile, he was still doing a better job than what we saw Hans do or Hudson do. So that answered our question uh, pretty much that, you know, I presented last week. Are they handling this properly? Well, that's kind of the only way they could handle it if they wanted to, you know, protect Baker, which you have to do now with the shoulder and everything. So... Uh, they're in a tough spot here. You know, you got to pay attention, and I'm sure Stefanski will, to that side of the line of scrimmage. You may have to keep tight ends in. You may have to keep, uh, you know, an extra guy in. You may have to chip a lot. You, you know, any of that stuff that you can do to give extra attention to that side and help Hudson out, help Hans out, whoever gets the, the nod or whoever gets tapped for that duty, uh, you know, you got to help them. Yeah, they got to scheme it up, man. They, if, you, if you look back and Cleveland wins this game, it's because – whatever's happening on that side of the football ends up being 
a non-factor to an extent. Now, Bosa, last year, different D coordinator, but he was predominantly a lefty in, which is on the quarterback's right. And similar this year, Staley keeps him on the left side for the most part, like a four to one number there. He's got some snaps on the other side. And he used to split more evenly, 2018, 2019, more evenly. I don't know. I'm not here to predict what they're going to do. I think it'd be a little bit silly for them not to line him up over there. To me, though, I would have Cleveland, like this is just my thought, I would have Cleveland worrying about helping whoever, if, if it's in, in Wosu or whoever's rushing off that side, um, Fackrell, whoever, let the Browns worry about that with an extra player, and then that takes your extra player away from Bosa and Conklin, right? Because you, you know, you're going to have to worry about Bosa a little bit, but if you're always worried about left tackle, uh, you, you know, then, then then you're then you're maybe saving something different. You know, if you can put Bosa, if you put Bosa over Hudson, hope this is making sense. You, Cleveland's already going to dedicate two, but if they're dedicating two over there, you're going to give yourself one-on-one matchups with Conklin, who's been very uneven this year in pass pro. So it's a similar thing where you say your number one corner, uh, you, you put your number one corner on the number two receiver because he can take him away, and then you put your number two corner on their number one receiver with help. It's kind of a thing like that's just a way to go about it. I think that that could be what we see, but we could also see Staley say, screw it. I'm going to give Bosa a chance against these uh, uh, two players that I just think aren't ready yet. I mean, I, I don't even think Blake Hans is a tackle like him, respect him. He's being forced to play because Michael Dunn, Chris Hubbard and uh, can't play. And obviously I, I will see if Hudson starts, but Hudson is not ready yet. Neither of them are ready to play that position, but they're going to have to. Nobody in the NFL is going to be happy when their third left tackle is forced to play games. Never there's no team that feels good about that situation. Cleveland could have if if if, uh, if 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 Lamb Kendall Lamb was still here, but you know that's not the case. So they have to go with what they have. Could have done something with Michael Dunn, but again, the injuries, the back is 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 a big problem. The over under for this game kind of switching back, Brad. The over under is 47 and a half. It means they feel like someone's going to win this game. Maybe 27 20, 28 21, 27 24, something like that. Feels kind of right to me. I don't think it's going to be a shootout, but I think both teams getting into the 20s is going to be a realistic outcome. I don't think it's going to be 14-7. I just think that what Herbert does is so much different in the type of quarterback that has given Cleveland problems that it could you – know, I could see the Chargers pushing the 24-27-30 number, right? Yep, I, I could see it very easily. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so let's let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about. Uh, well, I should mention too, as we do on this pod, Kevin Harlan is your uh, broadcaster with Trent Green is your uh, play by play. So or, no, hold on, play by play would be Kevin Harlan, analyst yeah. would be Trent Green. So that's uh, I, just I, last week. 
thought they did a good job last week. I did too. By the way. I did too. I was pretty pleased with it. It's a 405 kick, not 425. I think you can obviously find this game on CBS, all your local markets. Uh, should be fun. Weather's nice out there anyway. Even if it was opened up, it would be nice out there anyway. The hope I have, Brad, is that much like the Raiders made that, uh, you know, Los, Los Angeles Raiders Stadium, you hope Cleveland travels well enough. And I do get the vibe. There's going to be quite a few Browns fans out there to, to bring that atmosphere, right? It should be. Yeah, that's, uh, it should be a, a very fun atmosphere. You're going to have a lot of Browns fans there. It certainly sounds that way. Sure does. Sure does. So let's switch to keys to this game. You got, we always talk about our three keys. I'm curious your opinion. If the Browns end up coming, I should update everybody on injuries uh, collectively. Clowney, Garrett, Hill, Newsom, Ward. Uh, Newsom's out, but Clowney, Garrett, Hill, Ward, Malcolm Smith, Najoku, Treader, all questionable. I think they're all going to play. At this point, they're all going to play. I would be surprised if they didn't. McKinley? Tack, it seems like based on our guy Brad Stainbrook's conversation with his agent this week, they're expecting him to play. We'll okay. see if that comes to fruition. There's really nobody hurt on the Chargers. They did lose they did lose their Mike linebacker, um, yeah. Kenneth Murray, but but they're they're pretty healthy otherwise. I mean, Chris Harris has got a shoulder that's questionable. He's their best corner. Does matter. I think he's expected to play Justin Jackson. Their backup to Eckler is a groin who's doubtful. So I don't think that's going to hmm. impact the outcome very much, but it is something no. worth monitoring. Uh, again, back to your Brad though, your three focal points to if the Browns come out of this thing with a win, what does that look like to you? Well, I think first first and foremost, you know, when we talked about this off the air for a while, but um, Chargers defense has given up three completions over 20 yards on the season. So, you know, what they're doing defensively, Brandon Staley, uh, you know, Ohio guy, uh, mm-hmm. John Carroll, uh, all that stuff. Um, you know, what they're doing in the secondary and what they're doing defensively is very effective. They're not, they're not giving up big plays. Uh, it's a good defense, you know, Derwin James, Joey Bosa, they've got those staples on that side. You know, one guy that takes away half the field on the back end and Bosa who applies the pressure kind of similar to Ward and Garrett, right? That way as how they set, started their defense. Um, but it's to me it's Baker, right? So we talked about this. And and in order for the Browns to win this game, I don't think they can just they're gonna be able to run the ball effectively. I don't think there's any question there. I think it would surprise to, me. It would surprise me if they struggled to run. Sure. Yeah, right. I, I'm with you. So I think they'll be able to run the ball, but I don't know if they can just run the ball like they did kind of against Minnesota and get out of there with the win. I think they're going to need some explosive plays to be able to come out of here with a win against Herbert in this offense. I don't expect the Browns to fully shut them down by any stretch of the imagination. So I do think that you're going to need some kind of down-the-field playmaking from Baker Mayfield, and that kind of brings us to where we were talking about, you know, the harness and his shoulder and the partially torn labrum and a conversation I had with my brother who had that injury and and everything there that it seems to me that it is more the harness than anything. And kind of what we got from AVP and what we got from Stefanski is, hey, in practice, he looks accurate. And I saw some pictures, uh, you know, from practice this week, and he looked better than he did form-wise last week. So maybe he's kind of coming to grips with it or they've made some adjustments to the harness or whatever it is. But they need to do something to figure it out, and he needs to figure it out quickly. There's no doubt. It is It is – quite clear to me that the harness is the issue. Like 
I, I, we talked about this extensively off air and we probably should have recorded it, but that's how it goes in this industry sometimes. <laughs> like if you play with a knee brace, the only injury in my measly career I played with was a knee issue. And I played with an, an MCL sprain. And if I bent too far, it was, it was painful. I couldn't do it. The flexion was poor. So they gave me a knee brace to stabilize, right? That means you can't run uh, with full flexion in your leg and it's meant to stabilize and give you stability. It's the same thing that's going on with Baker's shoulder. So if the shoulder harness is built to keep his shoulder from doing the unnatural things that will cause labrum issues, perhaps even a full tear, it's obviously going to restrict the range of motion. And the quick throws are probably not impacted. And when he's thrown quick, we've seen him be pretty accurate. But it is the trajectory-based throws, the downfield throws, where you have to really separate, elongate your motion, right, Brad? Separate the yeah. arms to create the fulcrum necessary to drive the football at different angles. And to me, that is where that shoulder restriction could keep the left arm in quicker, which throws off the sink, which means that the, the timing of your mechanics can get a little sideways. And really, what does it take, Brad, other than a, a, a minor issue in your release point, your angle, your flexion, and all of a sudden the ball sails or the ball's behind somebody. So that all matters. And to me, as you look forward with this and as we look at the game, it is how well can Baker manage it? That is going to be the thing. He, the pain doesn't seem to be the issue uh, here, Brad. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the pain doesn't seem to be the issue. It's the restrictive nature of the harness and learning to overcome what it does to your mechanics, right? And that is a repetition-based thing. 100%. You know, and the conversation I had with my brother was he's basically said it's not – it's not a pain thing. You won't notice the pain at all unless it pops out on you. And then it's extreme pain till it's back in. And even that, he said, when they would pop it back in, it's five minutes of extreme pain and it's back to normal. It goes away. So it's not like a, a, a consistent pain issue. It's really just that he says this harness is going to go around your whole body probably mm -hmm. and then back to that shoulder. And that's probably, that's what, his, you know, his, the trainer there told him. That probably what they're working with. So it's probably going around Baker's entire body, wraps around his body and then to his shoulder to keep it in. Um, and that's going to be restrictive. And you've seen it, you know, when Baker really gets into a throw, you see that thumb down often, right? Like the thumb down and he, as he separates from hand. A lot of times last week, you're looking at the thumb up and he's pulling his arm back towards his shoulder which is going to result in less torque and the ball is going to be off a little. And obviously that can't explain him missing all the open receivers and all that stuff and his vision and everything, but certainly but, but you, you, you got to get comfortable. Yeah. Yes, you got to get comfortable absolutely. with it. And the only way you get comfortable with it is you keep doing it. Now, if he cannot get comfortable with it, Brad, that's where the hard discussions have to be had from Baker, from Kevin, from AVP and from case. Like, can we get through this? to the point that I don't have to wear it till I can get back to being myself is what's the risk reward of that. All of it. There's a ton of factors at play here. And I don't think they leak the labrum tear my, you know, partial tear for no reason. They want people to understand what he's laboring through. Right. So sure. yeah. we'll see the, the point of your first key. There is he has to play better. And that's a big point from my end too, Brad. First key is that they're going, the chargers, they're going to go two directions here. They could say, screw it, and we'll let you run, and we have always, they've, they're kind of built this way. They don't mind you running for a few first downs and then getting you into a third down and doing some wonky things they, and putting a lot of guys that, in coverage. Right? Yeah. yeah, They don't yeah. mind giving up running yards. Pretty obvious. Or, or yeah. they could dig the safeties in playing forward and let Adderley and let Derwin James fill run fits, gap out the Browns' run game, 
and say, you're not running, period. And Baker, we're just going to dare Baker Mayfield to beat us. And we don't think he can beat us consistently. So that's something, if you're watching as a fan, pay attention to that. What are the Chargers safeties doing? Are they triggering downhill quick? Or are they are they sitting back too high shell and saying, hey, we'll give up some runs, but eventually you're going to have to get to a third and eight and you're going to have to prove that you can make that throw. And you're going to have to deal with the left side issues that your left tackle will present. So that's a huge plot to follow. You know, Staley's a huge too high guy. So Perfect. we'll see whether he sits in that. And if the Browns can get some uh, shot plays downfield, right, where they could try to take advantage, that'll be something to keep our eyes on too because they need to generate some big plays. What's your second key, Brad? My second key is the right side of the Chargers offensive line. So you're looking at for they're pretty good across the their offensive line. Not not tremendous, but they've got the rookie and everything. And really, how do you want to approach this? I think you want to attack Storm Norton, right? He's your mm-hmm. right tackle. You've got Clowney and Garrett. It looks like Clowney's going to play, or it seems that way, right? Uh, they've been you know giving up 25 percent of the time around their pressures. Uh, the offensive line has, you know, Miles Garrett has been fantastic. And really, you know, I talked to Jeff about it this week. The main thing what we're seeing with this defensive line is they're getting better is they're learning to play off each other, right? We're seeing how they, how, how well they're, they're, you know, reacting to each other on stunts and movement and moving guys around. And that's how they're creating a lot of this pressure, obviously with the tremendous talent they have up there as well. But, um, you know, do you move Garrett to the right side? Uh, do you move Garrett and Clowney to the right side? We've seen them line them up on both on the right side at times, but I think you need to attack that right side once that one way or the other, uh, you know, the other side is Slater, who's a rookie, but he's pretty dang good. I think. Yeah, I think he's pretty dang good. And and you let Bosa try to do his thing, but you try to overwhelm that right side. I think you're making a good point. I think the Browns pass coverage has slept on a little bit. I just think they're playing really comfortably in the coverage yeah. base they like their three shell their quarter shell the cover six they're sprinkling in even yeah. when they go two man and try to bracket the outsides they've been playing really well in coverage and i think a lot of people are sleeping on that because they view what they're doing up front as so dominant which it is but the quarterbacks are coming off of their first read brad they're covering well initially and they really do look comfortable uh in in whatever scheme joe woods is asking them to perform and the two are in sync so if the Chargers, if people think the Chargers are just going to come out and score 40, I'd tell them to pump the brakes a little bit. I think a lot of it relies on whether Justin Herbert gets out of the pocket in Mahomes a couple drives where, he's, where he extends some plays with his legs, right? So that's what it boils down to to me. Uh, should be interesting. Just like you, I think overwhelming that right side is important. What's your last one? Uh, my last one, it's a key, I think, that's absolutely huge for the Browns if they want to win this game is a fast start, Jake. They have to get out fast. I would almost, I'm would, i a, like, defer for life guy, right? But mm-hmm. if we won the toss in this, I would almost take the ball. Uh, because for the Browns to win this game, I feel like they almost would need to take it, take a lead and lead the entire game. Because it really lends itself to allowing them to let them sit back if they want to sit back and run the football and be patient and not have to press on offense. That's where they're going to get in trouble. So I think a fast start, a score on the first drive, a turnover in the first quarter, something like that, I think uh, would really, really benefit the Browns in this scenario. If they could get out to a 10 nothing, 7 nothing lead even, uh, where this defense can get start to get comfortable and Baker can get comfortable in the run game and, and the boot game or whatever they want to do with them here, uh, I think that changes the game huge if they can get out to a fast start. 
I know in the playoff game, they took the football. They were aggressive because they wanted to create more possessions. A big thing with playing teams that score well, and we think the Chargers are in the mold of teams that score well, is creating more possessions. Now, that can happen by doing what you said, aggressive at the kickoff. You can try to do some things to create some turnovers, get a couple turnovers, a couple sacks that then drives. How they are able to create extra possessions for their offense, Brad, I think is a huge point right there, and I think that's one I would also piggyback off of. I stole all three of yours. We are in a... We were in sync. I definitely think Baker needs to play well to start. The offense needs to build some confidence early. Uh, a touchdown drive to start would be nice. And the last three games, the Browns' opening drives, they have gave if uh, they've given up points. And I, it might be all four opening drives uh, actually. Yeah. Now that I think about, it. I'm pretty sure KC yeah. went down and scored two. So it would be mm-hmm. nice for the Browns to get off the football field early and uh, create momentum. It's, you know, get the football first, go down and score, get the three and out. You know, get the get the Get the charges off the field and build that early momentum, like you said. I think it's huge. It should be fun, Brad. I'm really looking forward to this game. It's a nice test, West Coast trip. Uh, you know, four or five kick a little later in our day. Primetime uh, eyeballs will find this football game. A lot of people are interested. They like Staley. They like Stefanski. They like the aggressiveness of both coaches. And obviously, national eyes are always on Baker Mayfield with the current state of affairs in Cleveland. So it should be a blast, Brad. Thanks for uh, thanks for your time, man. Always, always a blast. Thanks, Jake. All right, guys, signing out. Appreciate you for this uh, listening, tuning into this show, whether you're on All Eyes on Cleveland feed or whether you're on the OBR Film Breakdown. We genuinely appreciate you spending your Sunday morning with us. So thank you so much for that. Uh, We look forward to the game. Brad will have reaction after. I'll have reaction after. You can find those on your usual podcast feed. Appreciate all of your support on both networks and especially the Blue Wire Network, right? We're on October 14th. They're doing Brownstown Live up in Cleveland. You should go up and view that. You can find the link in the uh, Twitter or sorry, you can find the link to that to buy tickets in the uh, the description of this podcast episode, so you can find it there. So, again, appreciate all your support. Have a happy game day. Get some good food. Spend some time with your family on Sunday. And we sign off with our usual, Brad. Go Browns.